Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast Season 14, Episode 64. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here in this Monday Steelers Nation Leader Podcast today because of the Mike Tomlin press conference held on Monday ahead of Saturday's game against the Bengals and then the DeMonte Casey news we'll talk about. Dave, since we last spoke, we have a third straight loss, a second or so quarterback change, a star safety hurt, another one ejected and then suspended, and a partridge in a pear tree. So that's how today is going. So I don't know where to start, Dave. How are you, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, there's no time for that. Uh, there's no time for me to try to be funny or, or, or uh, no lollygagging here at the start. So uh, uh, point us in a direction. Let's roll with this, baby. All right. Headlines of... Where we sit here today, Monday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Pittsburgh losing to the Colts 30-13 to on Saturday. Pittsburgh 7-7 seven and seven on the season. Now the 10th seed in the AFC. Quarterback change happening in Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph expected to start. Mike Tomlin not ruling out a chance that Kenny Pickett could play in this game against the Bengals on Saturday. Sounds like he will practice in some capacity, but Rudolph right now the expected starter. Mika Fitzpatrick out with a knee injury suffered in the Colts game. He will not play against the Bengals. DeMonte Casey ejected in the first half of the Colts game, now suspended for the rest of the season, including any postseason games. Insert your own Steelers joke here about that. Um, he was we will appeal that, and so we'll see where things go from there. So those are the headlines. Where to start? I don't really know. Um, l- let's start, let's just start with the news that came in most recently of DeMonte Casey. Uh, being suspended by the NFL for the rest of the season, the remaining three regular season games Pittsburgh has and any potential playoff games, your reaction to that news? Yeah, let's go back to uh, initially the hit uh, during the game. Uh, Obviously an unfortunate kind of bang-bang play. Uh, Thoughts and prayers to Michael Pittman. You hate to see any any player, anybody laid out uh, like that. Uh, The flag was not really overly surprising uh overall uh i think uh i it did catch me on surprise that they that they eject i mean j- real real quick the decision seemed to be made made to uh eject him uh from the game i usually thought that kind of stuff usually yeah and mike tom and i guess thinks new york made the decision and 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 made it quick i i, I found that uh a bit surprising obviously as the replays of that started to roll uh, through and you get the reverse angle of it and slow down and obviously players don't 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 play in in slow mo time. Uh, the way he went low and 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 lowered his shoulder, uh, the way the player was coming down. Uh, I I understand. Look, anytime you got the head and neck involved. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're obviously going to have the, the 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 heightened awareness and all like that. So you know, I I can understand the the flag being thrown, but after getting all the info to roll in over the next what what was it five minute you know span of time there, I don't know what you want them to do other than let him catch let 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 Pitt, Pittman catch that. Uh, I I you know. 
it, it, it's unfortunate. Yes, uh, KZ has a history of, of five previous unnecessary roughness uh, fines, but they're not looking at, they're not pulling that sheet out right there in that moment. You know, sure. Uh, uh, it's a nameless gray face right right there as, as, as far as they're concerned. So I thought it was a bit over over the top just in the the quick ejection uh, process of, of throwing them out of the game. Now, obviously, you're not going to undo any of that. And then, you know, Mike Tomlin was asked today. Nothing's going to surprise him when it when it when it comes to a decision on losing Casey further and the league quickly after that announced that uh, he's going to be suspended the rest of the season. And then uh, who was the other defensive back for, for, for Denver that, that's gone. Kareem Jackson. Yeah. Kareem Jackson. And then to see how his process has, has went uh, th- this off season, I think Casey's got a good chance of getting this rolled back to some degree. Uh, I think they'll probably, my guess is is that he will remain suspended for this game coming up, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends at that. To be quite honest with you, now Casey's brother has come out uh, and, and and contacted me on Twitter there, replying to the post that I did on on the number of times he's been fined this season, and it sounds like all but one of them already have been appealed off. So if indeed that's the case. Long story short, I, I I won't be surprised if he if this gets rolled back to just the one game. And Casey is appealing the suspension, according to his agent, which is no surprise. Um, I'm not they, surprised. They all probably they probably all yeah. appeal everything now. JJ Watt came out the other you know uh, uh, the other day on on Twitter. I guess it's been a little over a week or so ago, and says players, all of you should appeal everything. So uh, I that's probably just standard process now. Sure. Sure, but just to, to make a note of that, that there's going to be a decision coming from the league, I assume in quick order, because, sure. you know, I, I mean, to get in the weeds as briefly, he can't even be around the facility once suspended, correct? That's in-season suspension. You can't be, you can't practice. You can't be in the building. Am I wrong on, on the... I, I think so, because it's without pay. I think you, you know, I think you've got to be placed on a reserve suspended list and, you know, you, you, you can't be around. Right. And they practice tomorrow because of the Saturday game. So a decision has to be made in short order. Now, I'm not surprised by the flag, by the ejection. I assume there was going to be a big fine coming if he would were to avoid a suspension, um, you know, coming into this this week. I am surprised, though, that it was for the entire season. And then not only just that, but also any postseason play too. it basically an indefinite suspension or I guess maybe not indefinite, but the rest of the season without a firm number of games on it where theoretically if Pittsburgh were to go to the Super Bowl that's a what seven game suspension for DeMonte Casey to me that seemed you know surprising to, to see that I, I I'm with you Dave I expect this him to win the appeal in the sense of getting it reduced will he get it overturned I doubt it I don't think the appeals officer is going to do that whether it's Derek Brooks or James Thrash um, but we did see them a reduce Kareem Jackson's first suspension from four games to two. Now Brooks upheld the second four game suspension, the NFL levied, which really was not a surprise to me, but I had a, a tweet earlier today, four factors of why I think Casey will get this appeal reduced to some capacity. A, you know, it was a low play. Pittman Dova wasn't in the air, something like that that you've seen before Kyle Hamilton earlier this year, for example, Casey did not actually launch himself. He never left his feet 
to make that play. He turned his helmet, led it with the shoulder instead. And as you mentioned, seems like 80% of his fines have been rescinded. So the NFL is basically saying, we're suspending you because you are a repeat offender of hits to the head. And Casey's retort to that, his camp's retort to that will be, well, these have all been, almost all been overturned on appeal. So you don't have the history you, you claim that I do. And so my guess, and it's just a guess, I think he will finish with a two-game suspension and be able to return for Week 18 against Baltimore. All right, and he obviously had that uh, ejected back in 2018 for a hit on Cam Newton to the to to uh, you know helmet to helmet and all like that. So I you know, I imagine history gets factored into that. But uh, uh, and then uh, you know right before we came on, you know we we came across what uh, uh, Lord Brady uh, has chimed in on this, has he not? Yeah, Tom Brady taking to Instagram and let me find the exact comment defending. Monte Casey, the quarterback defending the safety here. I'll just kind of read some of the things that Brady has to say. I have a post uh, of it up on the site right now. It says, quote, hard hits happen. Quarterbacks should not be throwing the ball in areas where they are exposing their own teammates to these types of hits. Coaches need to coach better. Quarterbacks need to read coverages and throw the ball to the right places. And defenders should aim for the right hitting areas. To put the blame on the defensive player all the time is just flat out wrong and he goes on to just kind of say the quarterbacks need to be better overall i'm not going to defend the hit necessarily um i'm not even sure though what leads to an ejection i'm not even sure what the ruling is if there's actual written language but my assumption is anytime there's a hit to the head where a player gets seriously hurt and it just looks and sounds as bad as it did and it was a vicious i mean you just kind of recoiled watching that one that's where you get to the kind of suspension type of level um, I don't know if I really agree with, I mean, maybe Brady has an overall point about quarterbacks have to be better, but that's not my takeaway here uh, about Casey. It was a, it was a vicious hit. There's no question about that. And an illegal hit, you know, regardless of, um, whether it should be or shouldn't be and what the defender's supposed to do, it wasn't a legal hit. But again, I think the mitigating factors will play in Casey's favor on appeal. But they talk about Tom Brady behind his back at his at the next quarterback fraternity meeting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a bit bit of a shock. But look, I mean, it was you, know, you hate to use the word hospital ball, but we 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 use it almost weekly on 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 the Twitter machine, right? And uh, he did lay him out to have to do that. And and look, if if Casey would have had another step or two, uh, you know, it could be probably called in. And and. You know, you my history with 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 you know reviewing these things on the site and having to write about them and all like that. You know, fans obviously want you to side uh, with the team automatically. And over the years, I've become uh, what I feel is really objective on this kind of stuff. And some things I think you know have 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 deservedly uh, been fined and 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 all like that. And I've I've obviously caught ire from listeners and and readers and fans. Uh, I I do think Casey got the short end of the of the stick, so to speak here. And and uh, I was a bit surprised that the, how quickly they did decide to eject him from the game. And then once again, as, as the video replays came through and, and, and all like that, I, I don't, I don't know what else. I mean, even that picture that they use that Tom Brady responded to, you could clearly see that is he's he's turned and he's leading mm-hmm. uh, with his shoulder and all but like it, that. It is still illegal and illegal hit. Sure. Sure. I, I, once again, I, I was not surprised to see the flag. Uh, I can, I could be talked into the immediate uh, ejection, but past that, uh, you know, the, uh, it, it, it feels like the, the off the cuff thing is to 
not even look at it, just throw out the, the rest of the season suspension and then work backwards from there. Well, I don't know how quickly New York got to see that. I imagine they probably, because it wasn't immediate. It was probably a minute, two minutes after the actual hit because a pit was attended to. And then the refs are talking to the coaches and speaking with Tomlin. And so New York can probably pull that stuff up pretty quickly and make a decision. Okay. Well, I, I think a minute's pretty quick, but all right. I mean, I just don't think it, I mean, to me, it was pretty clear. I mean, it was a legal hit to the head there. And again, I, I don't even know what the actual escalation has to be to go from just a penalty to ejection, but how, right much, how much different was that from the Alandon Roberts hit a couple of weeks ago? Well, again, what I was getting to, again, right or wrong, is anytime a player gets severely hurt, that's that's influencing the decision to eject, I'm pretty sure. Anytime a player is laying motionless on the ground, visually, that's going to have an impact on whether or not a player gets suspended. That that may be, you may see that's wrong, and that's probably a fair point. Um, the, the outcome of the player getting hurt or not, it, it should be defined by the action of the player that made the hit, but... Any time a player is playing motionless the way Pittman did for several moments, that has an emotional impact on ejection. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see how this turns out. Probably, as you stated, probably, I mean, there, there's no sense for us to spend another 30 minutes on this. I, 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 I do think he should have got flagged. I was a bit surprised how quick the ejection came. And then I was even more surprised that uh, we're, 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 you know, suspended the rest of the season and the playoffs on top of it there. So, and I'm not surprised he's appealing it and we'll, we'll see what they uh, decide, but I, I will not be shocked if this gets rolled back to just, just uh, this Saturday. I think he's going to miss this Saturday's game. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think yeah. there's any way around that because of the previous uh, times he was fined uh, this year, but uh and you seem to think that he'll get maybe two games out of this. So we'll, we'll, we'll know pretty quick, I think. That's my guess. How many times was he flagged? Because he's been fine, but that's been on a couple hits because the NFL's cracked down on those lowering of the helmet plays that look so innocu- innocuous. You would miss it if you didn't even look at the play in, in that kind of light. How many times has he actually been flagged by the NFL this year for an illegal hit? All right, I can pull that up for you right Just be curious on now. That. Uh, Casey, where's Casey? And I know here. some people will push back on my commentary about. I think the ejection was was just, and, and I don't disagree with that. But but again, I do think Casey has great grounds to have this appeal reduced in some meaningful capacity. You know, as far as flags go this year, penalties. He has one defensive pass interference and one disqualification, which was so that that flag. That ejection was the first time he was flagged for an illegal hit this year. Right. The uh, the previous fines have come on non-flagged instances. Okay, I figured. And 80% of those apparently were rescinded on appeal. So that also, I think, will work in Casey's favor. Okay. All right, moving on from that, we'll let you know. Maybe have some more finality on the outcome later this week. I imagine that appeal will get heard in, in relatively short order with the game coming up on Saturday. Again, it'll be heard either by Derek Brooks or James Thrash. They are appointed jointly by the NFL in the NFLPA. Let's talk quarterbacks, Dave. Mason Rudolph expected to start. Kenny Pickett, outside chance to play. will practice in some capacity. Point is, though, Mitch Trubisky's starting days in Pittsburgh are over. And what is your take on Mike Tomlin's announcement of that decision and plan today? I'm not going to lie. Uh... Yesterday, I was starting to get a sinking feeling in my stomach that Mike Tomlin was going to come out today and say, "You know what? We uh, we looked at the tape, and we're gonna we're gonna roll roll with Trubisky one more one more start here." Uh, I started to get that feeling in 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 the pit of my stomach, and mainly because uh, he just 
you know, with, and I and I understand that quick after the game, probably not going to be all off the cuff and make a decision uh, right then. But uh, I I was I really started to get a sinking feeling in my stomach uh, uh, Sunday afternoon that Mike Tom was going to come out and say uh, roll with roll with Mitch Trubisky as a starter against the Bengals. So uh, I'm I'm glad to be wrong there. Now look, this thing could go off the look just as ugly. Uh, on Saturday with Mason Rudolph at quarterback against the Bengals. It, 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 I, I can envision things now. Yeah. You guys thought Mason Rudolph should start. Look, look, look what that got you. My, my take on this is what really do you have to lose uh, at, at this point? Mitch has had ample opportunity since he's been in Pittsburgh uh, to show that he can be the guy off the bench. I wrote a couple of weeks ago that these upcoming games with Mitch Trubisky might just decide his future past the 2023 season. Boy, did, did that yeah. uh, make up that, for that? That's aged, my mulligan. That aged well, as the kids say, but in, yeah. a, in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously not. You, 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 you don't root for that. Sure. Uh, but uh, uh, and, and we also talked that, you know, there, there should be no politics in, in all this and, and nothing to worry about. If you make the decision to pull the plug, uh, you, you, you pull the plug on it and, and, and don't look back uh, more than anything right now. I think we got our answer about Mitch Trubisky in 2024. At least I hope hope we've got our answer on that right now. Uh, you signed this guy and then extended him this offseason. Talked about how good a guy he is. Great guy for the locker room. And he probably is that. Probably everything and more. Good guy in the quarterback room. But uh, if you if you're going to if you're going to be that guy and pay him even you know the, the kind of money that you're giving him and giving him the backup designation, uh, your expectation is for him to come in and and at least give you some positive, uh, for the most part, maybe pull out a game or two on the bench, or at least not it be something that you can point to uh, uh, really specifically to lose games. Uh, he has turned the football over too many times in an offense. And look, it's not just him. We're not, I'm not pointing the finger all at Mitch Trubisky here, but we have seen and talked about how this offense and the way, shape, or form that it's in right now cannot afford to turn the football over in any capacity. Uh, and he has done that uh, too many times now. And the sale throw to, uh, to, to Pickens, the second one uh, in, in, in that game, the second interception uh, had to be the straw that broke the camel's back because that's a, that's a wrap around. They ran that play earlier in the game and he hit Pickens uh, on it. They changed the formation up, had him open again, uh, just just step up and drill that damn ball to him in that situation there. But instead, he sailed it. He admits he sailed it. Uh, turnover again, and that 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 ultimately got him benched. And now that has ultimately uh, lost him uh, the start against Cincinnati. Uh, we'll see how the whole Rudolph thing plays out. But uh, uh, it Rudolph uh, deserves a chance now to at least go out there and show what what he can do. If it's a train wreck, it's a train wreck. To me, this was a no-brainer decision for Mike Tomlin to make this change, to go to Rudolph, and it, to me, was his only move to make. You can't be a head coach that on Saturday says we can't do the same things over and over again, and we got to clean things up, and we got to you know expect changes to happen, is what Tomlin said, and then to stick with Mr. Trubisky, a guy that's playing a very active role in why you've lost the last two games. Again, as you said, not the only reason why, far from it, but playing an active role in this team you know, their three game losing skid and the role of a 
veteran backup quarterback is to to do what Trubisky was supposed to do. Come in late in the season, win you one or two games, keep your you know season alive and going until the starter gets healthy again. And Trubisky's done the opposite of that. Again, contributing to this team you know, collapsing and now out of the playoff picture and very dim playoff hopes right now. So yeah, is Rudolph going to be the savior? No. Is he going to be the long-term starter? No, of course not. But he takes care of the football. He's more structured in your offense. He runs it better overall. And ball security is paramount. Trubisky's always been, I remember that reader a couple episodes ago said, don't call it aggression, call it recklessness. And you see that with Trubisky's mechanics are a mess. No, the line did not. The line was a mess in this game too, and they did him no favors. I want to you know be clear of that. But Trubisky, um, just terrible disaccuracy, decision making, awareness, and you had to make a change. I agree, and you know I think another thing that hurt uh, Trubisky and Mike Tomlin talked. That this is another portion of of of, of talking about what things Tomlin said uh, that we're going to get into. Obviously, turning down the decision to uh, kick that long field goal later in the third quarter, uh, Mike Tomlin. Uh, after the game, talked about didn't you know didn't want to put the defense back out there in 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 that situation with them leak leaking and 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 having the lost players that they had had at that point two safeties down, uh you know the uh, the linebacker position already running running on empty as it was, uh and then he specifically pointed to today that uh you know that uh, the 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 play before that uh. You know, they they basically was looking to take a deep shot down the left hand side that was taken away and not there. Trubisky threw it anyway. Not only did he throw it, he didn't throw it anywhere where uh, uh, even a ten foot uh, tall George Pickens uh, could could catch that. And Mike Tomlin pointed to that. Uh, their hope was that he would have taken the check down over to the left side to Jalen Warren, who, by the way, probably could have uh, ran quite a bit of ways uh, with, with with that one. So you had that decision, uh, obviously a missed uh, communication, what whatever on it. On, I think it was a third down in the middle of the field to Pat Frymuth. You could probably blame both. Both, both on that and miscommunication, but that, and then you you couple that, couple those things along with that uh, bad, bad, bad interception, uh, the second one that he sailed over George Pickens' uh, head, and then you compile all that with the previous interceptions that he's thrown this this season, bad decisions. Uh, that's what got him sat down. And thirteen points against the twenty ninth ranked, you know, scoring defense the Colts were entering that game. So just can't produce. Common also citing just inability to score points is one reason for this change as well. Yeah, I, I just pulled up that third down play, and he's got Warren open on the checkdown. He's got Frymuth maybe open underneath Connor Hayward, I believe, open right side underneath. The Colts are playing you know loose zone defense, playing the sticks essentially on third and forever. I mean, you had any other option. But even attempting to throw it to Pickens, let alone a ball that ends up in the fifth row, you have to wonder what the thought process is there. Yellow ball. Yeah, and it got Trubisky burned. So the, the change is the right one to make there. Rudolph, we'll see. We'll see. The, the most Mason Rudolph thing ever would be that Kenny Pickett starts his game. He gets healthy and pushes <laughs> and gets cleared last second, and Rudolph is back in the backup. So no guarantee of that. Rudolph has been down this road before and kind of been – He's like Charlie Brown kicking the football. Might get that one pulled away, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, we'll say at worst, uh, Mason Rudolph's going to be the backup. That's for sure. Yeah, I do think push comes to shove, Rudolph will actually will ultimately start this game, but there is still a chance. You know, Tomlin kept that door ajar for Kenny Pickett. Uh, Pickett's going to practice apparently limited capacity. I think on Wednesday, 
Tomlin said. So again, I don't think it's going to be enough time and enough reps for him to go, but just want to make note of that. All right. All right. We're two here, Dave. Let's go from an injury standpoint. Uh, Tomlin speaking during his Monday presser. Minka Fitzpatrick already ruled out for the Bengals game due to a knee injury suffered in the first half of the Colts game. Not a good sign to be ruled out on a Monday early in the week there. Tomlin did not make any comment about beyond this week for the Seahawks game week 17, the Ravens game week 18, but not a great sign there for Minka. Obviously, Casey, we can assume, will not play in this game. Trenton Thompson dealing with a, a stinger. He finished out the Colts game, but he's not 100%. So safety depth you know, is, is gone at this point. Cam Hayward's in concussion protocol. Keanu Neal's not going to be back this week, by the way, with the rib injury. He will remain on IR and then pick it questionable and we'll try to practice in some capacity this week. So the defense that was already battered, already dealing with injuries, dealing with a whole host more. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, talk about Elijah Riley. We'll see. But uh, even so, you know, how, how are you going to bring him? Uh, he might, you know, I, I would suppose that we'll get the word anytime now that his windows opened up, right? Or ha- for, is it for who are you talking about, Riley? Elijah Riley. Didn't he mention Elijah Riley? Yeah, is that um was he on IR? Yeah. I okay, am I missing something? I'm trying to get my, my bearings on on his status right now. I okay, uh, he mentioned Neil. I I thought for sure he mentioned Elijah Riley, didn't okay, he? Okay, no, you're right. He did, yeah. November 20th, yeah. So that's a good point there. Um, I, for some reason, I was thinking practice squad with Elijah Riley, but but you're right. So we'll see if that window would open. If it would open, then you imagine Tuesday with the day that it opens. All right. Uh, so even if you get that announcement, he resumes practicing. How how much how much can he be expected to 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 do much on defense? Yeah, I don't know. He can't play in special teams, and that's going to be one element because, you know, as you lose starters, you kind of get thin on special teams as well. But Tomlin also mentioned Eric Rowe as an option. He's right. a guy that's got NFL experience and was on the practice squad. I think actually came in whenever Riley got put on IR. So um, it sounds like Rowe's going to be up this week regardless. Right. And uh, with him having the most practice time as of late, probably – probably has more chance to, to see in the field on defense mm-hmm. than, 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 than Raleigh does. Raleigh can certainly come back right away and help you on special teams if he's up. You know, Right. So your options right now, Mink is out. Casey will assume is out. We'll assume Thompson plays. You have Miles Killebrew. You have Eric Rowe. Patrick have, Peterson can play some center field if you need him to. Yeah, he played a ton of safety in that game. So those are, and then Riley potentially as well. So those are your you know, that's going to be your group of safeties in this game. And then maybe, you know, Darius Russian sub package. Not that he's a safety, he's a corner, but he's kind of played some safety right. uh, earlier this season. Yeah, you, you, uh, not great, Bob. And you set yourself up for a lot of more miscommunication in there if you got all those. But I, there might not be any way around it, right? You're going to you're probably going to have to piecemeal this thing together and have mm-hmm. a, a lot of different bodies rotating in and out. Yeah, I don't think you can ask any of these one guys to go out there and play 70 snaps. That's probably not good for them not good for the team overall um and you get to face a Bengals offense it's still you know score and put up putting up points and we'll see if Jamar Chase plays maybe the best thing for Pittsburgh right now is for Jamar Chase to miss a game would you play a lot of cover three in this just try to keep a lid on it <laughs> well Mike Tomlin said they got to make it simpler but I've right. been saying that for a month I don't know how much more simple things can get I mean we're talking paint by numbers at this point so yeah it's going to be a lot of spot drop zone simple stuff I mean that's going to be my expectation for this game I mean you got to you got almost got to get away from so much man now, especially against this 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 group of wide receivers, uh, try try to play some zone, try to get after the quarterback, and 
you know, it'd be nice uh, is, is to have a lead too. Uh, that that's legal as far as uh, <laughs> last I saw here, because I was thinking about this the other night, you know, sometimes your best, uh, your best defense could be a good offense. And remember the days of uh, the Steelers offense, putting up some points and Dick LeBeau, just turning them guys loose, you know, uh, it had, had to run. I don't want to get too far deep into breaking down what happened against the Colts just yet though. But imagine uh, having a pretty good lead on those guys in the second, uh, in the second half of that game and, 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 uh, turn, turning TJ Watt loose a little bit and having more opportunities, but instead to take, you know, uh, the, uh, the turntables as the kid liked to say, and, you know, they got where they were just running the ball at will. And Minchu said, Hey, I got the lead. Just get rid of the football. Don't hold on to it. Uh, a good, a good offense can certainly help out your defense, especially when it comes to the scoreboard. Hey, we got some breaking news here uh, mm. f- uh, from, from, from the presser today. Uh, Mike Tomlin pointed some fingers at the offense today. That's legal. I didn't know that was legal. I thought yeah. that was outlawed by uh, by the NFL. Yeah, and, and and finally and rightfully so because Pittsburgh had a lead in this one. I mean, they were up thirteen nothing. It wasn't a fluid way to do it, and it wasn't a good offense that really accomplished that. But it was a block punt that played a big role. But thirteen nothing. That is now going to be the second larger tied for the second largest blown lead in a loss in the Mike Tomlin. Uh, tenure only the Chargers back in 2018 when they were up 16 Pittsburgh was uh, larger than that so Pittsburgh had a lead and they they folded like a house of cards in this one Dave not gonna lie I thought they had them <laughs> there was a lot of I thoughts uh, 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 in 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 this game from me and th- those thoughts ended up being raw. you know they they blocked that punt and uh uh, you know, obviously it missed that first extra point, but I'm thinking, man, 13 to nothing. All right. Uh, maybe, maybe they can, maybe they can get out of the head of this one. And it just, it all went south. And as Mike Tomlin pointed to, it didn't help. It's not the lone reason why you lost the game, but having the attrition that you had at safety and, and all like that. And in what was close to, I guess, back to back plays there and, and, you know, your defense just really just folding at that point. Your offense couldn't couldn't do anything uh, moving forward at at that point. I mean, it they they quickly chewed into it and 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 beyond. And all right, what else do we have from Tomlin before we get get more into breaking down that atrocity of a game? Yeah, I mean that's the bulk of it. Um, talking about the, the switch and the opportunity for Rudolph, but we covered that ground pretty pretty good. Um, other than it, that, it, I mean, this is it. This has got to be it for Mitch, right? I mean, do you after the season go comes and goes, and especially with him having a uh, a roster bonus next year? I believe that's in March, didn't I? Right, that that was in 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 March. There, uh, you you got to pull the plug on that, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I had said a couple weeks ago before Trubisky, you know, got the knob right after Pickett got hurt that I thought Trubisky would be back. He just paid him the money, and for Pittsburgh to to pull that plug would be immediate but i think i had the caveat unless things looked really bad and things have looked really bad now it's hard to justify that clearly there's a loss loss of trust and he does not fit uh fit well with how pittsburgh's offense and team wins in terms of taking care of the football and just making the easy play and you know all that kind of stuff so that that'd be my expectation but then the question becomes okay who's your backup quarterbacks next year do you bring rudolph back do you go sign another veteran type guy you know, it's, it's an open question from there. Well, I think uh, Rudolph, assuming he starts, has now got a one one game audition to see if he can come back at a minimum val uh, minimum salary, either number two or number three. Period. Sure, that, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, but uh, uh, 
I think we have our answer on Mitch. Yeah, I mean, this team's going to have to make some some big changes in the offseason, and that's probably going to be one of them. All right. That's probably it, though, from Tomlin. If anything we missed, we'll uh, get back into it for the Wednesday show. All uh, right, talking- get, get the treat mm-hmm. Carpenter news out of the way here real quick. Oh, yeah, I should mention that as well. Pittsburgh on Sunday morning releasing uh, practice squad linebacker Tariq Carpenter, who appeared in three games this season, uh, all being elevated from the practice squad, all appearing on special teams that made two tackles. It's kind of an unusual decision to make on a Sunday morning that we found out why later on Sunday uh, Carpenter earlier I believe around 8 a.m. Sunday morning was arrested on one charge of simple assault, allegedly a domestic violence situation with him and a, and a, and a girlfriend. We don't know exact details. There's allegations, but there is an arrest and a, a charge against Carpenter. So that led to his release. So uh, if you're wondering why that happened, that's why it happened. All right. And the other, I guess, thing you probably mentioned is Miles Jack. There's a good chance we see him up this week. Right. Tomlin mentioning him along with Eric Rowe. So, you know, how many... Defensive players, more, more more columns to my charting, I guess, is going to be mm. the, uh, the the expectation on Saturday. So I don't know exactly how that will look. But Blake Martinez was inactive this week. Um, will will they sit Walker? Will they do something else? Will injuries have an impact on those types of things? I'm not quite sure, but likely to see some new people in there. And uh, the reason Martinez was there, I know a lot of people were upset what why Martinez, but they had, uh, they had chose uh, this time. It, to me, it came down to a decision between Marcus Golden and Blake Martinez, and neither one of those guys are going to uh, – Martinez more so than Golden give you four or five snaps on special teams, but I think they viewed a Landon Roberts as healthy enough uh, to resume his normal role, which I think normally includes you know uh, minimum special teams play, and then they just came out of uh, two outside linebackers being in concussion concussion protocols so they they probably smart uh, uh didn't want to get in a situation where the lines were short again on that so uh martinez was inactive i think uh multi-pronged because uh, landon roberts back healthy uh and the fears of, of 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 really only having you know three outside linebackers that you could put on the field with two of them coming out of concussion protocol right not that it matters much right now but Kyron Johnson out of elevations. You kind of wonder who's going to fill some special teams hats and roles with the injuries and miles. Jack's not going to be that guy. So we'll see, but I imagine Jack will be the elevation because Kyron Johnson is now out of elevations. All right, Dave, let's get into this game again. Pittsburgh losing to the Colts 30 to 13, dropping to seven and seven on the season. Now out of the playoff race, the 10th seat also last in the AFC North. They're not typically in the basement, especially this late in the season, but the season has been anything but typical. In, in some sense, although it's been more of the same uh, during this three-game skid, just, just sloppy football, unfundamental football, offense, defense, special teams, can't turn the ball over three times, can't have 101 yards and penalties, can't have all the mis- miscommunication defensively, and Pittsburgh just really folded in the second half of this game. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, I mean, several disturbing things in that game, uh, one of which was end of the third, uh, beginning of the fourth there, right? When they, uh, how many times in a row did they run the football? 13 13. straight. Uh, and uh, apologies to, uh, Goodson and Trey Sermon. You know, I had, yeah, I like Trey Sermon coming out. I thought the Steelers might, might like him as well too, but they had lost Zach Moss in this game early, uh, to an injury after he had just four carries for 13 yards in comes the combination of Goodson and, and, and Sermon. And, uh, uh, they, they, those two were obviously the backs in the game. 
you know, in, 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 in the second half there. And it got to a point, it kind of reminded me of, of that game, uh, the Steelers against the Bengals several years ago that we bring up from time to time where uh, I think Todd Haley just like run it again, run it again, mm-hmm. run it again. It, 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 it gave the feel of, it was the, it was, we know we're better than you football. Uh, you can't stop it. We know yeah. it. Uh, uh, as they said in the movie miracle again, again, you know, and they, they just got beaten down. They couldn't stop it. The push was going forward. Uh, and luckily I think they held them to a field goal on that drive, uh, overall there and got off the field finally. But, uh, that, that sequence of plays, there at that point, you, you knew you knew that that defense was done at that point. Now, leading up to that, uh, offensively, you know, you got that first touchdown there, and then special teams get you the ball. Uh, great, great punt block by Connor Hayward there, and you set set up shop at the one. Uh, you eventually get that that one in the end zone there. Uh, at that point, your defense was 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 doing enough. Uh, but it, 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 you know, you lose your couple of safeties there. Uh, the popcorn as Mike Thomas says, just started popping all over the place at that point, uh, communication, uh, everything, uh, uh, Gardner Minshew hit in the middle of the field, uh, quite easily. They figured out they have tight ends on their roster too. You talked about Mo Alley Cox. You tried to mm-hmm. tell people ahead of this game. And, uh, I think even, you know, uh, 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 who was it? Uh, Nate. We, we had yeah. On. Nate had on, you know, say, well, he's been the third, third tight end option and all like that. Well, he only had two catches in this game and they went for 21 yards and, 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 and one touchdown there. But, uh, you know, the, the whole middle of the fields teams have been attacking the spine of this defense, yeah. uh, quite easily. And it, 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 it really showed once uh, Gardner Minshew started to get his wheels there. I thought Gardner made a couple of good plays in this game uh, out of uh, out of uh, structure. Uh, but but within that, you know, they were running the football good. Uh, he was hitting throws for the most part, making good decisions with the football. They obviously did what they like to do with, with, with the RPOs and all like that. Uh, and man, what if Pittman, what if Pittman didn't go down? in this game. I mean, he was already had four for 78 and probably would have had five for about, uh, uh, I don't know what that or so. I think. Yeah. It been. Yeah. Hey, you know, had he, had he caught that, uh, that, that, that other one there, but, uh, uh, the Steelers had no answer on defense and then their offense, just, you know, the pass protection, the whole offensive line was just really in totality miserable for the Steelers in this game. Uh, the tackles giving up pressures and, 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 and sacks, obviously. Uh, Mitch Trubisky really not trusting uh, things to step into some throws at one point. There were plays that were on the field to be made. Uh, probably you know, probably not enough to make a difference in this game the way the defense was ultimately playing here overall. But uh, they, they couldn't get any kind of footing in the running game whatsoever. I mean, Warren had a couple of nice runs. Najee had one for 15 yards. Uh, but when you look at look at that 15-yarder that he had subtracted from the 33-yarder uh, or 33 yards that he had on the, on, on the 12 carries, I mean, you're talking about, what, 18 yards on another, another 11 carries? Uh, running backs, when they were getting stopped, it, it, it felt like they were getting stopped right in their chest. 
and getting mm-hmm. blown backwards uh, in there. And then, you know, obviously what was in the second half on, on the, the tight ends cut block, we see Pat Fryer blown up on a crunch, another crunch play uh, again, right into the lap of Najee Harris. He avoids that cuts to the outside. And then it looked like an old mutual of Omaha wild kingdom things that we were the scenes, uh, uh, the animal where, where the lions are all tra- in a pack tracking down, uh, the gazelle or whatnot, and your parents wouldn't let you watch that scene uh, because they found it disturbing. That what that's what it felt like on the tail end of that run. Uh, the way they were all chasing after Najee Harris and got him, and then ripped the football out there uh, on, on that one. So uh, they were a very stupid pill. I'm I'm rambling. You know yeah, what I'm happened. Gonna, I'm winding you up and yeah. letting you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you know what happened at that point. I mean, really, uh, as Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday, there. I mean, it 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 all came unraveled. When's the last time we heard Mike Tomlin use unraveled? Uh, uh, but I mean, that's exactly what happened. It 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 got unraveled quickly on both sides of the ball for this team. That Harrison. I'll come up for, for a breath of air here. That that Harrison analogy for an older generation, mm-hmm. certainly not not for uh, my my demographic. Besides Mar- Marlon Perkins and Jim, mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. All right, I will Google that later because I have no idea what any of those things are. Besides the sloppy play, which has been a hallmark of this team's three game losing streak, my my two overall thoughts from this game are: yes, Pittsburgh had injuries, and that's a factor. You have to acknowledge that. But as you mentioned, Dave, the Colts did too. I mean, they had T- Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson, their leading rushers. DJ Montgomery scored a touchdown. You know, they lose Ooh. Michael Pittman. Right. I mean, a, a guy that, you know, and I, I don't mean to disrespect any of these guys. Right. I don't, you know, you guys know me. I don't like calling them just guys and camp bodies, all that kind of stuff, but not exactly household names. So the Colts persevered through injuries and Pittsburgh did not. That's the bottom line of this game. Beyond that, the Colts showed mental toughness. They, they got punched in the mouth early. They were down 13 nothing. I can only imagine what the fans were saying. Oh, we're going to lose this game. We're going to get rolled. But they hit back. And when the Colts hit back, Pittsburgh folded. And they absolutely fell apart in the second half, offensively and defensively, and on special teams and in coaching decisions. I mean, they completely just laid down. And a couple weeks ago, I think maybe after the Cardinals lost, Dan Moore talked about needing mental toughness this team does. And they did not show it in this game. So, you know, when when Pittsburgh hit the Colts, the Colts got back up. When the Colts hit Pittsburgh, they stayed down. That's the defining moments of these games. Absolutely. Uh, it would have been very easy for them to, to, to roll over in that game the way it started for them. But uh, sure. uh, but uh, they didn't. And uh, I, I, I their, their head coach did a phenomenal job of play calling. I think Minshew really kind of settled in even after the loss of uh, uh, Zach Moss and Pittman in there. And they just they they probably they they didn't go away. It didn't. They didn't go away from the script. I'm sure they didn't. They just said, look, we just got to mm-hmm. stick with it here. You know, we, yep. uh, they probably thought, look, we gave them uh, uh, seven of these points off of a punt block. Uh, you know, they're no, knowing their offense and the way that we can play their The Steelers are probably not going to score a lot of points. So if we just stay within our game plan here. Uh, we could probably scratch and claw and fight and get back in this if we just stick with the game plan that 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 we have. So I, I don't envision anything changed when they were down thirteen to nothing. They just started executing more, and the Steelers uh, 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 came unraveled on defense. And uh, you get into the low red zone area there on one of those touchdowns. I, I think it was second or third one there. Uh, you know they run kind of one of those mesh rails and all like that. And 
miscommunication between Joey Porter, and I guess, or Landon Roberts. Nobody, no, nobody uh, picks the crosser up there. Mm-hmm. So that that's blown there. I think at one point they had 10 men on the field for a play. Uh, they just could not cover the, 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 the middle of the field stuff. And they, you just, they just got beat in all facets, you know? Uh, now look, I, I think special teams for the most part held up sands, their punting, which that's a, we could have a whole podcast on that, uh, uh, now. And look, I understand one of the decisions, uh, uh, to punt came after Tomlin decided not to kick the long field goal there, but Presley Harvin, the third does not help this team. Uh, the net punting in that game was something like 30.5 yards on, 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 on the four punt punts there. And, uh, but you know, the rest of the special teams, I mean, when you're looking for people to put on your winners list, uh, and you had to go down to talk about uh, Iguabuque, uh <laughs> and 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 the kick returns that he had in this game. You're pretty far down the list at that at at, at that point. So I think some some aspects of special teams, you know, did the, what they were supposed to do. Uh, the punting was poor, but uh, offensive defense just 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 fell apart. And well, they couldn't block anybody. Uh, and that speed who they got back on defense really, mm-hmm. I thought, played a good game. Uh, making some really strong hits and their their front four uh, uh, doing some TT uh, stunts and some TE stunts. The Steelers had no answer for uh, those whatsoever. Just easily collapse in the pocket and get to the quarterbacks in there. And then once again, I you know I thought on on you know Sands a couple of running plays that the Steelers had uh, uh, by Warren and Najee Harris. Man, they were hitting downfield and they were they were driving those backs backwards. Well, think about the very first play of the game. That's EJ Speed lighting up Najee Harris and getting under him and driving him to the ground. Talk about setting the tone for the day. I thought in the first half, the Colts' defense was really more physical than Pittsburgh's offense. It really were for the entire game, but especially in the first half, setting the tone early. And then in the second half, the Colts' offense became the more physical unit and really overwhelmed and overpowered Pittsburgh's defense. And that's kind of when they they took control of the game, set the tone for the remainder of the game. So that just kind of, to me, that that first snap was ultimately a microcosm of how the game would go. The Colts, the more physical team overall, a, a small aside, but I was thinking about this. Remember the old adages? If you block a punt, you win the game like 80% of the time. Pittsburgh has blocked a punt in the last two games and lost both those games. Has any team ever done that? Block punts in back-to-back games and lost both of them? Probably never. Um, but at least they you know, made a splash play there. Um, but, but it goes back to, you, like, like you said, you know, the offense, defense, execution issues, then, you know, you watch this team sometimes and there's snippets of plays, but you wonder, does Pittsburgh know their personnel on that Najee Harris fumble you referenced? You're running crunch. And so you have Frymouth, the, the Y off player, supposed to down block the three tech. How are you? Why are you asking Frymouth to down block DeForest Buckner on, on a wham block <laughs> like that? When they run that, you know, last year they used it with Gentry. This year they've been running it with Darnell Washington, you know, a, a big body kind of extra tackle type of dude. It's a tough block to make and you got to have that secured well. And, you know, Buckner just walks Frymouth back forces Harris wide, plays a wreck, he fumbles. I mean, do you not understand your own personnel of how to use guys and how to put them in positions to win and succeed and play to their strengths, minimize the weaknesses? How are you running crunch with Pat Frymuth? I mean, it's just one play, but it, it led to the fumble and, and the Colts scored the next play. And, and just, I can't get my head around those things. You know, and some of the things they were doing with pulling the guards interior were, you know, help produce some of those good runs. But there was no, you know, Mike Tomlin talked about, has talked about fluidity a lot. You know, lately, and then even so, when they would get get 
to look like they could run downhill, you get the uh, the holding calls. Now, I do think uh, I thought the Mason Cole holding call was a bit ticky tacky on one of those Warren runs, but it is what it Agreed. is. Uh, uh, the Connor Hayward uh, hold. Uh, I think you had a Firemuth hold. Uh, I think both tackles decided they won in on the action. On the action, did they not? Uh, but I mean, you, Moore was flagged. Yeah, maybe Jones was too. Uh, in, in 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 total, you had what ten? No, eight penalties for 101 yards. You're talking about an offense that struggles to get uh 250 total yards net net yards of offense a game, and you're giving half of it away in penalties or giving it to the other side. Uh, you know, at, at that point. Yeah, you're not going to win a lot of games that way, especially when you turn the football over once in the in 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 your own end of the field. Uh, the negative plays, man. I had this pulled so up many. some somewhere, and we we kept going back to that several points during the season. Here, I wish I could find. I was going to ask how many that. did they have? I I had that open ended question earlier in this week. If you factor in penalties and sacks and negative runs and turnovers, I mean, there had twenty. Had to have been 20 negative plays. Yeah, it was game, like 15 or something, I think. Something along those lines. I think I had it back. Well, like you said, sacks, uh, penalties uh, on offense, uh, interception. Yeah, probably when you add into the interceptions as yeah, negative plays. Uh, there, Yeah, it probably was around 20. I, I, I remember I started to, you know me, I get going on something and you know, tinsel sure. pops up somewhere mm-hmm. and I run cool. off. Yeah, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and then and off, off I go running in another mm-hmm. direction there. But I did have this pulled up. I was going to table them all up and make a chart out of them, but I got distracted there. But it, it was it was lengthy. And let, let's say it was 18, right? Okay. Uh, how many total plays did you have in this game? 54 uh, in, in total. So, I mean, you're giving away – a quarter That's of one third. That's one third. Eighteen of fifty-four. Okay, A- eighteen. So you're giving away one third of them there to 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 negative plays. Not even considering the defensive penalties, fifteen-yard penalties. Right. You got a Porter DPI, of course, the KZ, you know, hitting disqualification there. Um, you know, creating significant yardage the other way for the Colts' benefit. And then, how do you offset? Let's you know, because teams have games where they have an influx of negative plays, right? So how how do you offset that? Well, you better convert your third downs. They were four of twelve on on third down in this game. Uh, another way is explosive plays. Remember those uh, uh, twenty yard or, or more plays. They had one of those in this game. Uh, you could also kind of offset it if you can get a running game going whatsoever, which they couldn't. Uh, so I mean, you just ha- had all the you had four sacks. You know, like we talked about in the negative plays there. You start adding all those things together, and it's just it you you get what you got. Yeah, Pittsburgh cannot win if they can't run the football. They were under three yards per carry until I think the final meaningless Jalen Warren run. They can't convert on third down. They're sub 30% on third down over the last three games combined. They have the second worst third down offense in a season since 1999, and they're tracking to be worst in 2019. They're averaging, what, 15-something points per game. It's their worst scoring output since 1970, which is likely to hold and stay true, and it's only gotten worse uh, post-Mac Canada under Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. They turned the ball over increasingly with Trubisky at quarterback. And that's, that's the one thing Kenny Pickett, I shouldn't say the one thing, but that, that's one thing that Kenny Pickett did really well. I mean, and you kind of feel the loss of him, not from a, you know, this was a top five quarterback to your backup situation, but just the guy that took great care of the football versus somebody who does not. Kenny Pickett has the second lowest, lo- second lowest interception percentage rate in the NFL this year. 
Mitch Mitch Trubisky has the second highest interception rate in the NFL this season, only behind Jimmy Garoppolo, who was benched much earlier in the year and played terrible, including against Pittsburgh. So, I mean, just does that that alone from a team that took care of the football, that allows you to compete in games, keep the score down, not give the opposing offense short fields, et cetera, et cetera. You remove that aspect that becomes almost impossible for for Pittsburgh to win and then tack on the injuries and defensive penalties and all the other stuff happening, lack of a run game, and you're getting ugly losses like this. Alex, their their second third down conversion of the game, uh, both of their first two, I think, came on, was it their second drive, uh, I I believe? Uh, The first one was a third and three, the pass uh, over the middle to Firemood for five yards, three plays later, faced with a third and six. Uh, That's the one where he hit uh, Pickens on that first uh, uh, square in uh, over to the left side, I believe, for 15 yards. And, And so, in other words, their second third down conversion came with 5.02 left in the first quarter. And what did I tell you they ended up with on the day? Four for 12. So they they only converted two more third downs the rest of the way. Yeah, not good enough. They can't, you can't get chunk plays and you can't convert on third down. How do you plan to move the football? You either move the football through big chunk plays and avoid third down, or you convert on third down. And Pittsburgh does neither. And so you get ugly outputs, 13 points, and you know, you're aided by being at the half yard line on that block punt and you still went backwards and still, you know, luckily we're able to to score out of that. Pittsburgh in five straight games, Dave has been held under 20 points. Five straight games under 20 points has not happened since 1969. Chuck Knoll's ah. first year on the job. Pittsburgh won their first game, lost their next 13. So we are looking at a historically bad offense, even worse in 2019. And at least in 19, you could sit there and say they really had no talent that year, losing Ben, losing Connor for a stretch other injuries and they had just some you know random dudes trying to get you through the season this team theoretically on paper looks like it has some talent and it feels like they've never even played a game together i mean you watch that that one third down miss from trubisky to to frymouth i know they probably haven't gotten a ton of reps this year but still they're both veteran guys have been in the locker room together the last two seasons how do you miss a wide open five yard over the ball route you know frymouth begins to move trubisky thinks he's going to settle they miss I'm not 100% sure who that was on, but regardless, you have to hit it. You have to hit the wide open throw against zone coverage to convert on third down. And I think as Mike Tomlin mentioned today, that led to the Colts driving into the half and scoring, taking the lead into halftime. Um, just, just basic, fundamental football. Take care of the football. Don't be penalized. You know, Communicate well. They can't do it. Routine things routinely. They're there not doing, uh, 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 obviously. And uh, it's just was was magnified again and look you turn the football over three times in a game you're not going to win a game if you're not getting them back uh there uh and you know we talk here's the thing I, i'm tired of people talking about injuries has this team got gotten snake bit uh, especially on the defensive side of football yes man look at what the cleveland browns are doing i mean yeah. every, every week it seems like they lose two guys you know and and uh, and even in that game yesterday uh, or on, on whenever they played Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, JC Treader, I, Joe, I bet I know for a fact, Joe Flacco didn't know all, all the good guys names on, on that offensive line for, for that were playing for him. But at, at one point, JC Treader was the only one that you really recognized the name on that offensive line. And they've had injuries on both sides of the football and they're nine and five, uh, uh right now. So don't talk. Yeah. 
Injuries are unfortunate. Yes, the Steelers have gotten snake bit, uh, especially on the defensive side of football. And yes, they were without the starting quarterback, Kenny Pickett. But uh, the rest of the offense was healthy, you know? Yeah, and the Colts, again, they're on their backup quarterback, granted for a longer stretch of time. But they lost Richardson to start the season. That was a big blow and to lose uh, Moss and to lose Pittman. And they're on Sermon and Goodson and Montgomery and Malala Cox making plays. I mean, they made plays. They, they, they fought through their adversity. Pittsburgh did not. Right. All right. Uh, what 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 positive stuck out on offense? Well, uh, if, I mean, I don't even know where to begin on that. The O line, we should. I mean, you mentioned it a lot, but I should mention it too. I mean, just just a mess in this one. Not that I'm beholden to PFF grades, but I think of the 145 or so offensive linemen uh, qualifiers uh, that were graded this week. Uh, I think all I, I should say three of the five steel starters finished like 130 or below, and. None of them cracked the top 100, and James Daniels received a 0.0 pass block rating, which is almost unheard of, almost difficult to do. So a really poor game for him. I think he had been solid in pass pro up until this game, but it was a mess. As you said, stunt pickup and just securing the edge and that D-line for the Colts just eating. They were more physical the entire game, run game, pass game, no question about that. Positives, I I don't even know. Um, Deontay scored again. I thought Deontay got some nice separation on a couple of plays uh, there. Uh, 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 did some good things a couple of times. Uh, I like the touchdown uh, uh, call that they had with kind of getting him rubbed off mm-hmm. for a moment there. I thought Allen Robinson was going to get, because the way he kind of stuck his arm yeah. out, I thought he was going to get the uh, offensive pass interference there, but he didn't. Uh, that was a positive there. There were a couple of in, 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 in inside runs with some pulling guards. I think with Sam Malo, I think that uh, had a couple of nice running lanes in there. Uh, Harris ran hard. He created some yards after contact, I guess. Yeah, I thought Warren played hard. I mean, yeah, uh, he touched the football, what, 10, 10 runs, averaged four yards per carry, had a long of 11, had uh, five catches for 28 yards. I mean, he was pretty much your offense. When you look at yards after the catch, what did I write up the other day? Uh, this, this offense had 50 total yards after the catch, and I think uh, uh, Warren was responsible for like 30 30 something yards of that. I mean, they're just, they're not getting their wide receivers in positions where they could get yards after the catch on that one square in uh, to, to, to George Pickens. He had to go down low to go get it. So there's no, 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 no uh, yards after the catch opportunity. Just a, it's a, it's like groundhog day, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when it, when it comes to this, this team, not just, they can't run screens worth okay. a damn still uh, none of that. They're, they're holding, so I, I think we, I think we quickly recap what what little positives there were on yeah. defense. I mean, on offense, what on defense? Uh, I thought the effort was there with guys like Roberts and TJ and Highsmith. Uh, but man, the and you know, I know Ogan Joby had a little bit better game. Uh, I, I think the tape kind of bears that out a little bit there overall there, but uh, the rest of them. Uh, it's hard to find any, any much of any positives there. And obviously, when you get into the score situation there, they're not going to let T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith start making difference in pass rush. They're going to get the ball out. They're going to run the ball 13, 13 times, times yeah. in, a, in a row uh, against you. I mean, how many plays did they run? Off, offensively, they had 65. You can throw out the last couple of them uh, in, 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 in the game there. So let's, let's, let's whittle them down to 60 meaningful plays. 13 of them came on 13 consecutive runs, you know, 
uh, it's a good chunk of time and plays on, 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 on their part there. So, uh, there was just, wasn't a lot to write about. I mean, uh, Casey had a nice hit on a pass breakup early on. Uh, yeah. I mean, Watt else? had a good game I and mean, he beat Freeland, you know, two mm-hmm. times he did that rip and dip under the six, eight Freeland was going to be an effective move for him. I appreciated Peterson. I thought holding down the Ford at safety. If they didn't have him, I don't know what they would have done to try to get out of that, right. out of that game. They just were out of people at safety at that point. So I can appreciate him stepping up. And I, I thought just, you know, just trying to do what he can to, just get through the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, there aren't many positives here. I mean, the Colts ran 63% of their plays in Pittsburgh territory, 63% of the play, almost two thirds in Pittsburgh territory. You're rarely, if ever going to find numbers as, as ugly as that. Uh, I'll need to see the all 22. I really have not watched it much, but going back through the, the TV tape to chart this game, you know, I think I can cuss apparently late, but Cam Hayward was getting just washed the whole game. I mean, just blown off the ball. I thought Pittsburgh's D line, which just got no push up front. Adams is getting washed. Hayward was even struggling against tackles, against doubles, that the, the Colts double teams or duo blocks were really, really effective. But even on some single base blocks, I thought the D-line was not winning the point of attack. And Hayward, to me, again, I got to check the L-22, but his run defense looked really, really shaky. What about when Quentin Nelson was on the move? You don't want no part of that, did you? <laughs> no, 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 yeah, none of the Steelers' defensive backs wanted any part of that freight train coming. That kind of... Uh, uh, that was a 31-yard run by Goodson, right? Yeah, Brandon Thorne posted a couple of clips of of, of, of that on Twitter. And, man, hey, that, that reminded you of old Alan Fanica film uh, mm-hmm. when he used to get out on the hoof like that. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, and here's the other thing. They uh, Let's go back to some quick uh, uh, pregame decisions here with the inactive list. Leal active. Loudermilk inactive. That was a curious decision. It probably could have used Loudermilk against the run in those 13, in those thir- 13 plays. But uh, even Liao, when Liao got on the, on the field, nine snaps in total, seven of them came on the final seven plays of the game, right? Yeah, I don't know what their plan is with Liao. Last three weeks, all he's done is play in the, middle, you know, the final moments of blowouts. I mean, against the Cardinals, that's what he did, did against the Colts, that's what he did. He was down for the Patriots game. So, I mean, maybe he just had a good week of practice and you know, had a fire under his butt and they wanted to reward him for that. I don't know. It wouldn't make a difference, obviously, not him right. or, or Leal, but I mean, Leal has no purpose on this team right now. Not yet. No, I mean, not 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 yet to this point and all. And, and Herbig, uh, most of his snaps seem to come later in the game. Yeah, I mean, he subbed in late on that 13 play. Uh, 13 straight runs and you got a, a run stop to kind of help stop the bleeding and force the Colts to throw and settle for a field goal. Speaking of which, Dave, let's talk about the Tomlin decision. Big spot there, 24, 13, um, you know, to, to either attempt the 56 yard field goal or have Presley Harvard punt and Boswell walks out probably just assuming, okay, it's a 56 yarder. I'm in a, a closed roof environment. I'm, I'm the greatest Steelers kicker in history from 50 plus I'm 80% of my career from that range. I can do it in Pittsburgh. I can do it in Indy. And then Tomlin pulled him off the field and put Harvin out there, kicked a 22-yard punt or whatever it was to the Colts, I think 17. And Colts got that yardage back in two plays. And they went on there. That's when they had their 13 straight runs that just really took Pittsburgh's soul and ended the game from there. So Tomlin, his explanation for it was dubious at best. I really don't even understand what he was trying to get his point across in terms of explaining why he punted. Um, but you gotta, he's got to own that because that, if, if you make that, I mean, it's 24, 16, it's a one possession game. You don't know what can happen there. Changes the complexion of things. I think once that happened in Pittsburgh, you know, punted, I think the team just kind of realizes things over and morally they were just, just out of gas. Uh, he's explained it a couple of times now, and he went in more detail, uh, during his Monday press conference and all, I still don't like it. 
I mean, I, I, I understand why he's trying to explain it. Uh, but his decision was based in on what if he misses. And I don't like th- that. That's the root of, well, if he misses field position or, or defense uh, leaking, uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, all of it's based on the assumption that your great kicker can't make that kick. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a morale boost to have there. If you get within um, a a one score game there, Boz has done nothing but deserve to make, to attempt such a thing indoors uh, like that. The whole thing stinks uh, on that decision. I don't, I don't care how, what other way he tries to color in the numbers on, on this, The, the whole thing. If it's 62, Maybe, you know, but uh, anything under 60, I'm rolling, I'm rolling Boz out there to do it. And even Boz, you could tell the way he un- unstrapped mm-hmm. his, his chin strap at, 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 at that. Uh, uh, he wasn't happy about it. What was the surrender index on that? 98th percentile on the season, 95th percent since 1999. So you can call it a very cowardly. You might say you were living in your fears mm. on that play. Yeah, there's nothing about that that decision that I like. And then to turn around and look, I know it's a short field. You're asking your punter to do a lot there, but uh, uh, you're you, not asking him to do much, dude. You, he can pin that. I mean, he's that's not asking him to do anything he can't. Do. Okay, well, I mean, you, you, here's here's the thing: if you make mm-hmm. a decision like that, you better come out with that ball at the uh, five sure. yard the five, line or yeah. less. Yeah, Harvin is not. He's been a mess, and he, he got off to a decent start this year, but he has just regressed hard. They got to change punters. This is last. Why have they Harvin. not? Why have they not? It, I was thinking about this laying in, 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 in bed last night. Is it all, be, is, how much holder. is this related to the holder uh, battery uh, type situation? And if that's the reason you're doing it, shame. I, I understand uh, you're going to upset the apple cart and Boswell's not going to be happy having a new holder to work with and all. Get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's got to be the only reason why at this point that, that, that Harvin's being held on to. You need that holder for all those field goals you're not going to kick, apparently. I mean, just to go back to Tomlin's decision, his explanation, you're right. He was saying the defense was leaking. So his his plan was to immediately put his defense on the field anyway without any chance of more points being put on the board. I mean, you're punting, your defense is on the field. You're leaking regardless. Your defense is going to take the field here in a play or two, whether you kick the field goal and miss or make it or, um, you know, or if you punt the football. So your your defense leaking is moot compared to the decision. The decision is... You have a 56-yarder. Can Boz make it? What's the conditions? Obviously, you're inside a, a dome or roof closed, so there's no weather to be concerned about. You know, pre-game warm-ups, did, did Boz will hit from there? Is he healthy? Is he good? All those boxes seem to be checked. There's no reason. And, and yeah, maybe you know Tomlin's saying that Trubisky should have checked it down and gotten yardage to make it a more makeable, makeable field goal. Sure, that's fine. That's on Trubisky. I agree with that. Nothing to do with Boz, though. You can still right. make him from 56. If it was, you know, if you were at midfield and you checked it down and gotten 11 yards on third and forever, does that, you know, change the equation? You know, it's, it's a 56 yard field goal. It's all that matters. Boz can make it. He should have been out there to kick. I agree. Everything. And are they going to change punters this week? Um, I mean, I, Brad, Brad Wing's still out there, ain't he? Is he out there still? Uh, you got to work at it. I think he had to work out with Denver, but yeah, he's probably still out there. Yeah, I, I, they probably should. Will they? I don't know. I mean, Tomlin, you know, said they're going to look at everything. You think the punter be something to look at? They, they, they need a field flipper. They need an elite punter. If your offense is going to be as bad as Pittsburgh's offense is and may continue to be, you need an elite guy that's going to win field position, and they don't have that. 
if you're going to make a decision to change out your quarterback and, and talk about other decisions and, uh, being on the table, punter's got to be one of them. Yeah, it has to be. I don't know. You can't take anything off the table. Now, some people also, and this is probably a longer, lengthier now, discussion. Now, look, hey, Harvin's not the reason why they lose in all these games. No. But uh, it, it would help to have somebody that can get the football out of there. Yeah, or he's not helping you win games. You're not helping you win games, then that's all that really matters. Now, this is you know a longer discussion about Matt Ariza, now that I think everything's been dropped against him. And you know, will some team eventually give him a chance? And do they want to take on even just the storylines that come along with it, even though he's been you know exonerated from all the allegations against him? That'll be a discussion point. I don't know what his holding experience is either, and that's going to be one component of it. Um, but point is, I mean, this team, if Tomlin wants to be true to his word about turning over every stone, Bunter has to be on the table. I agree. Speaking of stones and pebbles. What do we have? Where are we going with this? Pebbles in the shoe. Pickens. Oh, in terms of Pickens. Oh, right. Okay. That took me a second. I got there. A little tape delay for me. Yeah. I mean, you had the apparently the the educational conversation, Mike Tomlin telling Bob Labriola pregame, sitting down with Pickens during the week and talking about, you know, how to handle frustration and be a professional and attitude all those types of things and then you have a goal line run by Jalen Ward and Pickens just throws the old arm out there at the corner lets him go by and makes a tackle on Warren short of the goal line and so you're again having the continued conversation you know whether it's the players whether it's the coaches whether it's Tomlin himself nothing seems to be getting through to George Pickens it doesn't and we we we've said several times he's very very talented guy I understand uh why he gets as frustrated uh, as he gets at times in some of these games, but we've got to, he's got to be able to have us stop talking about him like this. We need to be talking about George Pickens making plays on the football field and end it at that. Yeah. Or just not talk about all this crap. I mean, whether it's just, if he just makes that block, no one really talks about Pickens at all. So yeah, I mean, it's just little things. And when your team is struggling and, you know, things are really going down the tubes and you're on this skid, you're just trying to find ways to, to get a win, get something to feel good about. You got to do the little things. You got to be detailed. You have to be fundamental. You got to, you know, have that effort to do that, that small thing uh, that, go, that goes the extra mile to compensate for all the crap you're dealing with. And Pickens is not getting there. And then even on, you pointed this out on the interception return, the second one from Trubisky, not sure where Pickens was running. He was running in not a direction that the defense was going. I'm still trying to figure that out, but uh, uh, I, I don't know why he was running in the direction he was running. But I, I, I was obviously more concerned about the, uh, sure. the 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 effort on the block and all like that. And people saying, uh, I'm sure a lot of pushback saying all the problems on this team and you're going to go after George Pickens. Look, we've talked about uh, George Pickens in the negative light too much. And we don't need to be talking talking about them for for, for 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 some of these things. That's that's where the concern is. And when when you lose like they've been losing, it's easy to go back through the tape and pick up some of these things, you know. And it's easy yeah. for national media to jump on uh, and 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 start talking these things. Once again, I think he's incredibly talented. And Mike Tomlin, in so many words, said today, just you know, m- a mature factor, right? Right. Just be detailed. This team's lacking detail. And so you see those things that are very much in your in your control, blocking a cornerback on the goal line on a run to your side. Not even like it's the other way. Now yeah, you see receivers kind of just let up and just watch the, the play go by. Okay, you can you can live with that. But on a on a play, on a toss play to your side, where like you know you're gonna be actively engaged with the cornerback on that play, I don't know what he's thinking there. Not thinking, clearly. How how worried are you about him? How you know, I is I I I'm 
it's saddening that we have to every week kind mm-hmm. of start talking, but, but I, I'm, I'm concerned about him on a yeah, week to week basis. I know I downplayed some stuff before and we're not at some of the levels of the other receivers and AB and, and the like have been at, but you just kind of wonder, you know, you evaluate every single guy and, you know, I don't know what more can be done to get through to this guy. I don't know what else can be said and done, what strategy can be uh, employed to, to try to get things to click for him. But you talk about a culture issue, talk about a detail issue, and you're seeing those issues seemingly, you know, happen with George Pickens. So yeah, there's a there's a big there's an increasing concern there for, for myself. And look, it's not like he can't block. I mean, we had tons yeah. of clips last year of him sitting people down, you know, uh, and and giving giving a lot of good effort on 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 play. So he's he's got it in him. He's just the frustrations just just getting to him. Yeah, you need guys who are buying in and doing the little things. Like that's what I keep coming back to. You have to do the little things when you've lost three in a row and your season's on the line, and you got to have this game. You got to do the little things to get you to victory that overcomes the injuries and the miscues and other stuff like that. And you're not seeing that. And then you know Deontay after the game talking about the defense leaking, just <laughs> you know stuff. And again, is, is it you know the reason why you lost the game? But it's just there's these thorns in your side where you sit there and say, man, just you don't understand what is happening right now. You're not reading the room, not reading how things are going. You know, they say they're not supposed to talk about each other's money. They're probably not supposed to talk about the, uh, the other side of the football either. Right. And he talked about the offense needed to make plays and convert on third down. So it wasn't just on the defense, but just, just talk about the offense and the issues and, and be candid about them. I want guys to be candid, but mm-hmm. you know, the, you have to kind of understand how things get perceived. You just have to be kind of self-aware about some of these things. And with all the criticism he's received, the team has received, you know, just stop putting your foot in your mouth. What do you think about Najee not talking to the media again? I mean, I can respect it. He probably doesn't want to, you know, have a, a headline quote, and he's been frustrated. Um, all I know is Najee's not having a good time, and you wonder what his future in Pittsburgh will be. But it's their it's their job. I mean, it, it they're supposed to talk to the media, right? You know. Yeah, is every single player, I guess, supposed to, or at least be made available for interviews? Made available, from what I understand, unless you know uh, he can give uh, five cent answers if he wants to. Right, you I'm know? just here so I don't get fined. Right, kind of right. Uh, I, mean, I understand. I, mean, I understand why he's not. I'd rather him not do the media session it, than have some big headlining quote that makes it a story. Sure, but I mean, anything you say, uh, any of them at this point is going to is is going to be easily. You know, it's easy to take anything any of these guys right. say. That's uh, why he's declining uh, sure. out of context, right? Well, I mean, and then what happens? You get you get gigged on for not talking to the media. You know, I mean, and it looks I'd like get, looks like you're pouting at all. Yeah, I'd rather get you know because no one, everyone forgets about that. We remember the the Johnson comments and Pickens comments much more than we remember a guy not doing the interview. So. I get it. I mean, it's not something that I even really think about too much, to be honest with you. I'll tell you this. He, he's not having a good time this year. No. And you wonder, I mean, the fifth year option probably gets declined. And, you know, again, we're, we're kind of a ways away. You just wonder how many guys ask out uh, this team and say, trade me. I don't know how many will. I don't know if anyone will, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody does at some point right. this offseason. Right. Or they might look to actively trade him regardless, you know? Yeah, that is also true. All right. Any other thoughts here, Dave? I think we've covered things. Beat this team up pretty good. Yeah, I think we got our money's worth today. Uh, are we leaving anything on the table here we, that we needed to talk about? Any decisions or anything? Um, what, what about your article this morning? It was very well written and, and articulated. 
Thank you. I mean, just calling out the issues for this team. They have to solve the issues, and they don't know how to do that right now, clearly, but it's important to at least call out the issues. And some of them are obvious with injuries and you know, subpar coaching and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I really kind of thought about more and more the, what I refer to the empty calorie players, the players that dress, but really don't contribute in a meaningful way that are just kind of there. And, you know, in terms of snap counts, you look at a Marcus Golden, who's been, I think a, a solid player this year and good teammate, but just doesn't play many snaps, you know, sees eight snaps a game and that's about it. Um, whether you're talking about a Liao that really has no purpose other than just to play the final few snaps of blowout defeats. Not sure what that's about. You know, the the empty routes that Calvin Austin and Allen Robinson run. These guys run a ton of routes. They play a fair amount. They don't get involved in this offense in any sort of way. That kind of stuff where, yeah, every team has kind of the back end of their active guys that maybe don't play a ton, but Pittsburgh seems to have a higher degree of those names. All right. Uh, if, if, if people haven't got a chance to read that, go on over to Steelers Depot. It's well laid out, well articulated by Alex. Good job on that. All right. Shall we get to some emails? Boy, we got an uh, uh, email box full of them. Angry All right. Ones. Let's get to some emails and close out today's show. Uh, Thomas John Lloyd uh, writes in, hello, fan of the site, podcast, satisfied, ad-free supporter, bummed out fan. When is the best time to cut Trubisky? Do it now so you can poach a practice squad quarterback. If only to kick the tires, wait until the offseason. Maybe I'm a bidding, being a bit of a slow poke with my thinking here, but I don't believe Trubisky is worth the salary. Merry Christmas. Hope everybody uh, at Studios Depot is doing well. Thomas, thanks for the email there. Uh, it, it, it's not going to happen now. When it would happen would be before you pay him his, his million dollar March uh, roster bonus. That 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 would be the time. I uh, they obviously got the Penn State kid on the practice squad uh, right now, at least until uh, Pickett is 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 back. Uh, long story short, you, you're not going to cut him until March. Yeah, that's not going to happen in season. Uh, let's see, where do we go from here from Robbie Dugan? Happy holidays. I figured now would be a good time to say thank you for all the coverage, the insights, the passion and knowledge on both the podcast and Steeders Depot. So what a big, so what a big off season coming up. The defense has had some splash, but they've taken Ben don't break to the extreme injuries are brutal, but watching the Colts run 13 times in a row was just sad. Offense has been worse. I don't even know what to say about that side of the ball. Hypothetically, what, would be the three top things for GMs, Kazora and Brian to do in the off season. Thanks again. And not to forget con- uh, the contributors at Steeders Depot all year. Best around. Thanks, Rob. Uh, Rob, let's, I mean, we've got three games left in the season and we're going to be talking all off season about unrestricted free agents and when, when, which directions that they should go. So I don't want to, you know, spend a lot of time here. I, I appreciate the question. I know a lot of you have uh similar, similar, you know, similar questions uh, to that, but uh, you know, three top things. I don't know what, what, what are kind of things up, up top of your head? They're going to need it. They need another inside linebacker for, for stars. They need a center. Mm-hmm. Uh they're going to need another tackle. I mean, we could just start going down the list here at the holes that that that, that now presented themselves on this roster, right? I mean, uh, the trouble isn't the trouble isn't naming three; it's stopping at three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Still, kind of a, a Chuck Knoll kind of uh, uh, playing yeah. off of a quote that it's he like had the cutting, there. Right? Yeah, and the problem isn't cutting; it's stopping. <laughs> um, well, to me. And, and you're right. We'll talk about this more. We'll, this team's going to give us plenty of time to talk about this. I, I promise you that. Quarterback, 
you're in two camps, and I mentioned this in one of the recent episodes. It's either Operation Save Kenny Pickett or Operation Replace Kenny Pickett. So, A, you decide, is Pickett your guy? I mean, you know, it, we're going to assume the team will will stick with him for 2024. So it becomes, okay, how can you get an offense that looks like an NFL offense that can put points on the board, not be the 20th something ranked offense the way that it had been three years running? So that means, yeah, center, another receiver. They got to get, they have no slot production the last two years. So those kind of things. So it starts around what is the future of the quarterback position? Who's your starter for 2024? That begins there. And then once you decide that, you start building out the offense to put some points on the board. Uh, don't we'll talk about Calvin Austin and how is usage on the Wednesday show after we talk about uh, go through the all twenty two and that kind of stuff. There's so I don't want to get deep into that. Look, I was asked about the quarterback position the other day uh, from a reader. Uh, here's where I'm at right now today, especially knowing that it looks like uh, that's it for Mitch Trubisky. I don't care where you do it, draft a quarterback this year. And look, I know you the odds of finding the next Brock Purdy. Uh, uh, that late in the draft or, or slim to none, just throw a dart at it. Just throw a damn dart at it. Uh, get a couple of the kids to come in to compete as, as undrafted free agents and maybe a, a washout from somewhere else uh, uh, to give you four quarterbacks on the roster, however you want to do it. But uh, And I know that there's not going to be enough draft picks to go around to fill all the holes that, that we suggest they should do. But uh, I, am, I am in camp draft a quarterback somewhere right now. Yeah, that's fine. And it's, it's probably going to happen, especially if you move on from Trubisky. And if you don't retain Rudolph, then your quarterback room is just Kenny Pickett. And you got to fill that probably with a veteran and then a, a draft pick in there. But the bigger question is, who's your starter? Who's your long-term answer at quarterback? And that's the first question that has to be reckoned with. Sure. And I still think that they're going to go with Pickett, you know, uh, there. And, and if that's what they deem that they want to do, still draft another quarterback to add to that room. At least get in the cycle of evaluating, and if he washes out after one year, uh, draft another one. You, you know that that's where I'm at with this thing right now. Keep no, keep, keep the room full with 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 other options to look at. I, I get that, but l- let's assume that Pickett's the guy for next year. How do you how do you help him the most? How do you build around him? That becomes the next immediate sure. question. I mean, I, like I said, there's too many holes. I, I know, yeah. and, and I'm not. I, uh, it's hard to justify it, but uh, I would figure out a way to justify it. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, you can still draft a southern quarterback and still hopefully build a better offense. But like the immediate concerns become, you know, okay, how do we get more receiving help, O line help? I mean, what's all on the table to to do that and and, and try to give Pickett the best chance? And of course, who's your coordinator? Who's going to be coaching Kenny all Pickett? Right. And that's going to be the most critical hire Pittsburgh has made since hiring Tomlin in two thousand seven. All right, uh, let's go here to Todd Bays. No confidence. Uh, good to see Tomlin has finally come through on his promise to unleash hell in December. Unfortunately, has been unleashed on us fans. <laughs> serious question. Assuming Tomlin is back, and I figure he will be, he says, unless they lose out. I have a serious lack of confidence in him riding the ship. Questions at quarterback and a roster with several holes, and that to the fact I have zero confidence in his ability to hire quality coaches to get more out of the roster with the promotions of Butler and the average Austin on D combined with the promotions of Randy Feetner and Matt Cannon on offense. Seems like everyone could see at the end of last year, it was time for Canada go to go, but he couldn't see it and rolled him back out there. What say you guys, uh, but I am less than hopeful that changes will produce positive results based on recent history. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you guys. I appreciate the work you do. Todd, there's no, there's, there's, 
I can't find any fault with, with anything that you said there. It's, it is hard as a Steelers fan right now, especially going into this season, thinking that, man, uh, at the very least, get into the playoffs, win a playoff game, and maybe that Super Bowl window, we can uh, crack it open there. Uh, right now, you're looking at this roster and you're looking at the holes and you're looking at the quarterback position. You're looking at the coaching staff. You're looking at t- it, there's it's depressing. It's flat out depressing. Yeah, I'm not even mad at it. I was mad after the Patriots game. I was mad after the Cardinals game. I'm just kind of depressed and just kind of just all right, accepting my fate that this is how this thing's going to go. And yeah, to the point, what confidence do you have that they're going to get this thing right based on how things have gone? It's hard to be confident. So you know, and even if they were confident, and I'm sure you know Pittsburgh will present confidence. It's it's put up or shut up. Uh, it's as you said, Dave. Don't tell me about the labor pain. Show me the baby, and that's what this team has to do. So yeah, it's it's right to be skeptical. And whoever they hire, you you can't sit there and say, okay, that's the guy. It's going to work. You hope and you think, and you know you, you cross your fingers. But we got to see results. We have not seen results for this team in in quite some time. And I know the diehards will say, well, you're not a good fan. You just got to trust the organization. <laughs> No, no playoff wins since 2016. Uh, I don't trust nothing right now. Uh, trust, is, trust is earned. Right. Uh, we've got to get, that's a good point. We've got to get the reasons why uh, uh, they deserve the trust. You know, one of our uh, uh, longtime listeners and readers uh, sent me a picture. Seth, did Seth send you that picture, Paladin? I don't believe I did get He's, that. He now. sat up near the, uh, near the suites. Uh, in in Indianapolis, evidently mm-hmm. he's got a great shot of uh, Omar Khan and and uh, Art Rooney II peering through the glass. There, uh, they look like they're watching. They just watched a train wreck happen. Well, uh, they did. In uh, some sense. Uh, there, you know. Uh, I mean, and it's not a full on front uh, face view of of, of Art Rooney the uh, second, but it just it looks like he just looks, you know, emotionless. You know, emo. Is that what the kids say? Emo. I don't know if it applies to Art Rooney in that uh, okay. solemn, a solemn Art Rooney. Sure, uh, I mean, you probably can can read the uh, the room pretty well of how that conversation was going up there. All right, let's move on. Let's try to take one more before we get out of here. John, this is a name I don't recognize. John Crom. Uh, hey guys, it looks like it's officially mock draft season. Looking forward to all the content your site has to offer. But no, but seriously, how does it feel to never have a dull off season? or offseason while covering this team. This will be the most weighty offseason I can remember in a long time, perhaps even more so than trying to find a new GM. What do you guys think? Appreciate all, all your efforts. Thanks for being awesome. Look, they're pretty they're pretty eventful overall just in trying to get into the draft cycle and diagnose what you know, not only uh what what we think they need and and the cap and the directions they might take in free agency and then getting into the players and trying to whittle down who we think they might be draft. So I don't I don't I'm not looking ahead as it being more dull or less dull right now. I mean we're going here here's the thing, John. Uh if anything, I think we've got clarity clarity on uh, on a lot of decisions that this team there's there's less black black and white mm-hmm. or gray area. I think it's more black and white, uh, especially on several of the decisions that they have that I think they have to make when it comes to like March roster bonuses and. And I think the holes are very easily definable at at, at this point. So I, I'm not looking at it as as a weighty, a more weighty offseason than the next. 
Well, I do feel like we've said the last two offseason cycles, this is like the most important offseason Pittsburgh has had in quite some time, going from the post-Ben era when he retired for the start of the 2022 offseason, and then Omar Khan, and that regime changed for really the, his first full offseason for the end of the 2023 season. So this kind of feels like that. Um, I, but it, regardless of where you want to rank it, it's an important offseason to really kind of reset and plan out the direction of this team and and hopefully get it right. But again, it's hard to really believe them because we felt like that was the path. They were on the right path this year and it's all come unglued. And you really wonder how did they get it so wrong? I guess is the question. How did they really just miss the mark from what it looked like they were building, what they were trying to build to what has actually happened. And again, injuries play a role, but welcome to the NFL, welcome to sports. Every team's dealing with that. How did, how did they miss things? So, 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 significantly. Yeah, I think you can look back to a couple recent drafts of Kevin Colbert's too, right? You know, you start looking back at uh at some, you know, and once again, you know, I, I think it's a bonus anytime you get anything after, you know, the third or fourth round to uh to hit here. Uh but now you you kind of quite you you you're already questioning what's going to happen with Najee. I mean, you go back even before that, some of the first rounders, you know, uh and and how that played out for an organization that that believes heavily in building through the draft and less so in free agency man you got to hit those first round draft picks right you do and i don't mean to send you down a rabbit hole it's a long episode so i apologize but but that triggered a thought and i wrote about this for my issues article this morning i want to read off maybe kind of take this a couple classes at a time the day three picks the pittsburgh has made not including this current rookie class because they're still fresh uh, and just tell me who do you think the best name has been out of these groups, the most productive player starting in 2022 day three picks, Calvin Austin, Connor Hayward, Mark Robinson, Chris Oladokun, 2021, Dan Moore, Buddy Johnson, Isaiah Loudermilk, Quincy Roche, Trey Norwood, Presley mm-hmm. Harvin, 2020, Anthony McFarland Jr., Kevin Dotson, Antoine Brooks Jr., Carlos Davis. From there, who has been the the best day three pick? Stop. I'm dead already. Right. And uh, I mean, Alex, well, Alex Highsmith was in that group, right? No, he's a third round. Third round. Uh, We're talking uh, day three. Oh, you're talking about day three. Jeez. Uh, I mean, Connor, for what you're asking him to do. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. ex- he's exceeded he's expectations as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Uh, I mean, there's some guys that have produced for you in some capacity, but not like a, you know, real you know, starter really found this diamond in the rough that Pittsburgh had been known for in previous, you know, regimes. Yeah, it, it, it feels like you're going to be kicking yourself about the whole Kevin Dotson thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he talked about that, you know, move him to right guard. And, and I'll, I'll egg on my face for that. I didn't, I, I thought the idea of him going back to right guard had some value, but not as important as, as I talked a as, lot about that. Out. Was, you were right. Yeah. You know that now look, uh, uh, the way he had played, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I am not surprised the way it played out with him being jettisoned. I, I don't think anybody is, right? Sure. We expected it. Uh, but I mean, when you're taking a guy that had all the all the playing time coming out of college on one side and then you forcing him to the over uh, to the other side there, and then he has since come out now and said on a podcast or something that, you know, him moving back to right guard's the best thing that's ever happened to him, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent, and he's having a career year, and he's he's going to get paid a ton this offseason oh, by some team or the Rams. Yeah, he ought to be sending a Christmas card back to back back to Pittsburgh uh, right now for sure. Uh, 
I don't know. Pat, you rattled off so many names there. Right. And I, 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 I sent I you, we'll, we'll deal with it for a later show. I sent you the link to the draft history. I'm just kind of scrolling through the day three names. And yeah, you're going to miss on a lot of these guys. And most of them aren't going to become starters, let alone stars. But yeah, I think the day three, you have not really found a day three starter that's been a quality guy. The best names I've come up with in the last 10 or so classes have been Jesse James and Dan Moore and, you know, I guess Connor Hayward to an extent. You got some special teams guys in there like Medikevich and, you know, you, you found something there, but even just one in the last 10 or so classes, can you get one day three guy that's a real hit, a real starter now? They did find Jalen Ward undrafted, so sure, th- that's probably a good counter, but I just feel like those names have been absent. You know, he's leading a team and Jalen Ward's leading a team in total yards from scrimmage right now. And I assume it'll probably end that way. I don't know what his margin is, but he probably will finish top spot. Yeah, be, be, it was... There, there, there's room. I think. I mean, he's ahead. That, that, that's. And who had that on the bingo card uh, mm-hmm. at, at the start of the season? There. All right, Alex. Uh, I think we're what a couple hours, right? Yeah, we're pretty long. I got an interview here soon, some for a weekly show. So we'll uh, wrap things up and come back on Wednesday. All right. You can follow me on Twitter slash X at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, steedersdepot.com. Hit the donate button, upper right navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version, steedersdepot.com. Hit the ad free button uh, that way. And uh, obviously, you know, sorry we couldn't get to all the emails, just way too many of them in there. But uh, uh, if you think we missed them and it's, and it's, it's, it's still pertinent, resend it and maybe we can get to it on the next show we'll be back on wednesday talking about all 22 and whatever else happens before then so or since then uh as always thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with dave and alex 